I want you to imagine a day, and it's not far off from the future, that the people rise up in Pakistan and they decide that they've had enough of corrupt governments. They've had enough of two-faced leaders who are speaking for Pakistan when it comes time for elections. But as soon as they get into office, they represent another country. I want you to imagine the day that Nawaz Sharif is taken out of power, forced to flee Islamabad to his presidential palace in Raiwind. I want you to imagine the day that India amasses its, board, uh, its troops on our borders, that the Afghanis move their troops to our border, that India launches airstrikes into Pakistan, hitting Lahore, hitting Islamabad, hitting Peshawar, hitting Karachi, hitting Quetta, Salkot, Faisalabad, Multan, because the people have risen up and said they don't want a corrupt leader, a two-faced leader anymore. I want you to imagine that day, because I want you to think what will your reaction be as a Pakistani when you stand up for your own rights and someone else steps in and says, no, you don't have a choice. Who we want to lead your country is who leads your country. There are times in history when you make a decision that will affect you for the rest of your life. And sadly, Pakistan has made decisions throughout its history that have affected us time and time and time again. It seems like we cannot learn that we get riled up, juiced up, jacked up because someone says, we need to, they're our brothers, they've given us this, they've done that for us. And Pakistan as a nation splits and stops thinking about Pakistan and starts thinking about someone else. I'm someone who does a lot of reading. Um, those of you who know me know that I'm a student of history and that I don't take things very lightly and I always look for the deeper story. There's a quote that I want to introduce to you um, and I want you to think about it because it's something that has really defined what we are as Pakistanis. Um, the quote's very simple, it's six words. And it's six words that if you really think about it, you're going to find that it says so much about us as a nation that we can't not think about it. The six words, what starts here changes the world. What starts here changes the world. And we've proven this. In 1947, when Pakistan was created, we came to the world with a vision, a struggle, an ideal for a homeland for Muslims that would be peaceful, that would be strong, that would be resilient. That didn't happen. Instead, because of bad decision-making, following pretenders and usurpers and demons, we forgot the visions of Alam Iqbal, the struggle of Qaeda Azam. And we followed people that would much rather have never seen Pakistan created. We became puppets in someone else's show. And that hurts for someone like me because I love this country more than I can ever express to anyone. And to know that if we'd made different decisions, if we'd had better leaders, we'd be someplace else today. What starts here changes the world. Now, if you just take from today, 
where we're fighting the Taliban on our border with Afghanistan, where we have extremist madrasas in our country that have been funded by the same countries that we're daring to think about supporting today. That the mentality of hate that we have in this country between Sunni and Shia has been built up by the same people that we're trying to decide who to support. You have to stop and think, what am I doing? In the 1970s, when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, the Americans came to Pakistan and said, look, we need a partner. We need someone that will help us fight against our Cold War enemy. We need someone that will give us the bodies to throw into our war machine, to push the Soviets back out of Afghanistan, and it'll make Pakistan safer because the Soviets won't be there. I don't see how the decision we made to plunge Pakistan into a 10-year war then has benefited us as a nation. We were paid to set up war schools, to take innocent people, brainwashed them into believing that the fight against the Soviets was a fight for religion, and send them off to die. And the people who ran these schools, the people who taught this mentality, are millionaires, billionaires, sitting in our National Assembly today. One of the parties who professes this belief that fought against the creation of Pakistan. I'm not against this party. But know your history. There were people who called our Qaediasm Kafiriasm because they didn't want to see Pakistan created. Those are the same people that stood side by side with the Americans and cashed the checks for the millions of dollars that, when the war on terror started, were cursing the Americans because they dragged us into their war. That today are more than happy to preach confusion and distrust to keep us under their thumbs. And it's not just our religious parties that we have a problem with. We have made a point of bringing the most incompetent of, so of political players into the game. People that you honestly would not hire to wash your car are sitting and making laws for Pakistan, are making decisions on what should happen to our Pakistanis here and abroad. And we dare to say we're a free, sovereign state. For the past week, the entire country's been involved in one debate. One debate. Do we or do we not send our armed forces to fight alongside the Saudis in an attack on another sovereign country? And everyone has a position. No, we need to pr protect Mecca and Medina. Agreed, we do. But that's not what's at stake right now, is it? No one's crossed the border into Saudi. No one's threatened to attack Mecca or Medina. As a matter of fact, the people who have threatened to attack it are the ones that aren't even being attacked today. And yet here we are saying that, you know, this group that stood up against our selected leader is the one that needs to be silenced? That we need to bomb into submission? Because they dared to argue that they, as a sovereign country, have the right to pick their own leader? But if tomorrow Noah Sharif's government was packed up and India decided to bomb Pakistan because we sent their, their, the, the leader they like home, would you be arguing that we need to, def we need to stand with India? Are you really that, that foolish to not understand that this is not our fight? 
And can I ask you that when we started fighting to clear our country of terrorists, which one of these countries stepped up and said, we'll help you, we'll send forces, we'll give you access to our equipment, we'll stop funding the extremist madrasas? Not one. They said to Pakistan, it's your fight. You've created this menace, now deal with this menace. Forgetting the fact that in the 70s and 80s, for every dollar the CIA gave, the Saudis gave thousands. Forgetting the fact that some of the biggest funders of Al-Qaeda are members of the royal families and influential business people in those countries. It's very easy to take your hands off of Pakistan and say, oh, terrorist state, and let them deal with their own problems. But it's unfair to ask us to send our boys, our soldiers, our sons, our brothers, our fathers, to go and fight again for someone else. We're not an army for rent. Pakistan's armed forces are not a mercenary force. This is not a UN peacekeeping mission where the battle has ended and we're sending Pakistan's armed forces to go and maintain the peace. That's not what the case is. Please try to stay within the debate and stop saying that, oh, but you know, you send them in US UN peacekeeping forces, why can't you send them now? Because those are two different sides of the coin. One is an attacking force, the other is a peacekeeping force. And the fact that you don't understand the difference explains so much to me as to where your mentality is. Many people today are calling our armed forces a mercenary force, an army for rent. When the army themselves have said, we are not going, the army again is taking the heat here. When it's clear to us that the puppet sitting in Islamabad is the one that wants to send them, he's not listening. And I'm promising you on the 6th, when the parliament sits in the joint session, it will not be a discussion as to whether our army should go or not. It will be a convincing of why the army must go. The Saudis have given us free oil. Really? I still pay for petrol. Don't you? Free means that we get it free. It does not mean that I pay for it. And you say, oh, we gave it to you for free. And to dispel this rumor, this myth, when the Saudis were trying to collapse the shale exploration in the United States, they collapsed the oil price. They raised it for Pakistan and other countries. Because we're not exploring other options for, for energy. So why let us get any benefit out of it? To say that the Saudis have helped us economically in 98 when we had the nuclear tests, that was 1998. The situation was very different. The Saudis still expect us to give them nuclear weapons. They didn't make an investment into Pakistan without expecting a return. They made an investment into Pakistan knowing that they would get a return. Don't fall for the stupidity. We have idiots sitting in Islamabad. We have lunatics sitting on television. I'm still wondering how they're hiding the strings that move their mouths and arms because they're not talking for this country. They're talking for everybody else. And you need to figure out 
that Pakistan needs to stand for Pakistan. Six words. What starts here changes the world. The Taliban started here. It devastated the world. The extremist mentality started here. It devastated the world. The reason our country is called a terrorist state today is because it started here and it's changed the world. So today you have a decision to make. Are we going to continue being the negative change in the world? Are we going to start today and be a positive force to change the world so they think better of our Pakistan? Because I promise you, your politicians don't care. You and me live in this country, the actual Pakistan. We suffer with the decisions these people make. What starts here changes the world. You decide.